0: And here we go. Let's this goose. <laughs> I don't
1: apocalypse on Shabbos.
0: Trump Shabbos. <laughs> I say that doesn't sound like too good of a story for him then. <laughs>
1: yes, it's an 80s film, but it's a quintessential
0: 80s film. That motherfucker gets me excited about science.
1: But yes, I, I do think that this movie requires a couple more views.
0: I have the same cup size as Doc Hawk. <laughs> Get me my sandwich. <laughs> no crusts. Was it an instant classic for you? Uh, no. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moop bingoers of all ages, welcome to Don't Be Crazy Podcast. I'm Justin Cavender, and with me as always is Mr. Zachary Rancourt. Here we discuss and dissect what makes a film, past or present, absolutely amazing or just pure rubbish. All that we ask of each other, don't be crazy. Don't be crazy, Zach.
1: Don't be crazy. I was out all night trying to go steal Huggies from convenience stores. So. <laughs> That's the way to do it, man. I mean, why pay, right? They're like <laughs> 20, $27 a box. So,
0: <laughs> To the right! <laughs> hey, man, how's it going? I am fabulous. No complaints. <laughs> Ooh, zero? Like zero complaints. Zero complaints. Except your dumb team won today. <laughs> uh, whoa.
1: <laughs> Why do we gotta bring that into this? Why do we gotta bring religion into this podcast? <laughs> I was
0: this close to tweeting the laces are in. But I didn't. <laughs> I wanted to wait until they lost and they didn't oh, they won. Oh.
1: What a dumb game, though. Like, I mean, when when you have to win in overtime when you had three opportunities from a kicker who should make it, um, and this is me being a fan who sits on the couch while watching the game and <laughs> chastising someone who plays football for their career um, that he misses two field goals and an extra point, which you score that extra point, game's over, sort of. But uh, yeah, it's uh, whatever, man. Sure. It, uh, a win, a win's a win. So
0: yeah, take take the W. I'll try to. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Anyways. How are things? Good, 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 good. I've yeah. been How's- I don't know. Have I been watching any movies? I haven't been watching anything. I, I have been on you know what? I take that back. I'm watching The Watchmen, the T V series yes. The Watchmen. Yes. Love it. Love it. Yes. Love it. Love it. It's a sequel to the comic book, not the movie. Um but I absolutely love it. Um in true Lindelof fashion from the guy that did Lost, basically, uh, you have a lot of questions and chances are those questions won't be answered, but I'm okay with that. I'm always fine with with sort of having the, the unknown always being that way. I know that there are a lot of audience members out there that like answers to their questions and I don't need it. I just, I don't need it. I always like to just be left wondering and I feel like this show is going to be doing that for a very, very long time, assuming it continues uh, running. You just got me so excited because I totally forgot that today is Sunday and it is uh,
1: the episode three will be premiering tonight. So um, I agree with you. I started watching it and I I was actually a fan of the Z- Zack Snyder film and the graphic novel. Obviously, I know the differences and stuff between them, but um, I really like this show. It's, <laughs> I mean, that pilot episode got me hooked. That was a very fantastic pilot episode. Yeah. So um, yeah,
0: I uh, I agree with you. Watchmen is is fantastic the music is awesome uh especially yeah. anytime sister night's on screen it kind of has like that umps, umps music and it, it reminds me very much of dread like when they were walking down the hallway we were talking about that on yep. a couple podcasts ago it sort of has that same beat to it it's very familiar get your heart pumping and uh like when they were rounding up all the suspects and you know, she's beating the shit out of everybody man, uh man. Woo, it's, a, it's a good one it's a good one <laughs>
1: Regina King is a, a treasure. She is. She's so good. I know. Yeah. So I, I totally agree with you. I'm hooked 100%. It, HBO consistently puts out the greatest material known to person kind. Yeah. Um, I, I, I also saw a lot of movies. So I saw The Lighthouse and Parasite, and I put those two pod snacks up for everyone to listen to. Um. This is going to be a fun Oscar year, man. I'm not ever really jazzed about the Oscars, but this is going to be a stacked best actor category. I just Parasite was incredible. It was something that i i've never seen before and that's all i really say about it um but yeah and then i've just kind of watched like some horror movies here and there i rewatched the halloween from 2018 uh that one's really good did you see that yeah i saw it on theater i was very very happy with it and i thought that the three strong female leads are so cool like all the guys are getting killed but these well i think there's one girl killed but like all the strodes
0: or whatever they would Boy, be yeah that um, one that one mother she like Sticks her face out the window to see if she, she thought she heard something and then he grabs her by the hair and just, like oh. her throat or whatever. That's hardcore, man. Oh my god, I know. And then at the beginning, um in the the bathroom. Oh, I hated that part. Oh, oh my god. Man, that was oh. intense. <laughs> I hated, it. I hated.
1: It. I wanted that to end so quick. When he drops the teeth, dude, I was like, "That's oh gross."
0: My God, that's so gross.
1: It was so gross. And then he's like slowly hitting each door open when she's crawling under. When he can just reach under and rip her yeah, out. And like, dude, yeah, really good movie. And I, am I'm, I'm excited for the next one. Um, it would have been but, cool if he would have like stuck his
0: head up in the air like a raptor and went, "Cool." Cool, cool. <laughs> and called other serial killers to come and kill people too. So Leatherface just comes mm-hmm. out of uh, yeah. woodwork. <laughs> of a group project. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so
1: yeah, anyways. Um, but what movie are we doing today?
0: We are going to do Raising Arizona from the Coen Brothers.
1: Oh, the Coen Brothers. 1987. That was 32 years ago. That was when I was born. Oh,
0: man. Yeah, This movie takes me back. You know, I was actually uh the first time I saw this, I came in the middle of it. It was um just before uh when they go to rob the convenience store to get the the Pampers or the Huggies, the Huggies mm-hmm. and he I literally turned on the channel right when he's getting out of his car. And I was like, What the hell is this movie? And I saw the whole chase scene before I looked up what it was like on T V guide. And I was like, like, holy smokes, what is this crazy movie? I was like, I was like maybe 12, 13 years old and it was on just TV on the weekend and I was blown away. (laughs) And like, there's that music of the guy going like, no idea what was going on. I was like, what the fuck is this movie? And so a very young Justin Cavender. Uh, got his hands on it, uh, convinced his parents to go to the video store and we rented it so I could see it from the beginning. And, uh, holy smokes, that was my first dose of the Coen brothers. And, uh, it was because of this movie that I just absolutely had to see Fargo. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the only, uh, ex- exposure that I had to the Coen brothers at the time. And, and Fargo became one of my top five favorite movies of all time.
1: Fargo is such a treat. But um, I think that, yeah, so this came out in 87 and Fargo was like, what, like, what 95 or something? Yeah, 95. Um, so uh, I, I think that they were um, starting to figure out their their rhythm and stuff, because I think this was like their second or third film. Um, but, uh, yeah, it has those weird moments like that music. that Like they um, they use stuff like that in their other films and there's different themes and stuff that i've reoccurring themes that i've seen but we can talk about that later but yeah that's a uh, i've never seen this movie so this was exciting for me um i'm always down to try new things and uh i i confused this one i actually texted you last night i was like are we doing leaving las vegas or raising arizona because they're kind of the same movie except nicholas cage doesn't he try to like drink himself dead in yeah. Leaving las vegas <laughs> which,
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe they're not the same and movie, Elizabeth but, She's she's all, all broken up from breaking up with a karate kid. So she's like, oh, man, I'm a hooker now and I hate
1: it. So I'm going to drink for a little bit. She then starts uh, babysitting kids and they have adventures in babysitting.
0: Oh, my yeah. God. I love that movie. <laughs> you know what? So do funny, I. funny thing about adventures in babysitting. Um, my mother used to take us to the movies every Friday night. We go out to dinner and we go to the movies or we do something fun when my dad was out to sea. And uh, I remember when we watched Adventures in Babysitting. We went to like McDonald's first and I got a happy meal and I got like this Kermit the Frog on a skateboard. And I, <laughs> I had that in my hand the whole time I'm watching Avengers and Babysitting. I freaking <laughs> love that movie. I thought it was so funny. But I just remember that though. i like, g I'll never I'll never forget it. That's so odd. I know. <laughs> it just left such an impression on me because I like the movie so much that I remember that whole night.
1: I just remember the scene when they're walking on the steel beams and they, she kicks the rust and it goes in the coffee. Yeah. the guy's and like, Oh, they, this is pretty good Shut. Oh, I was like, that's so gross. And I thought he was going to just die. He was going to be like metallic poisoning or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, he just
0: but, drank tuberculosis.
1: <laughs> pretty much. But, uh, and then Vincent D'Onofrio is Thor before he was all fat. Yeah.
0: That's crazy. And she's like, don't listen <laughs> to him. He says you're a homo. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like, like, are you spreading rumors about me, kid? <laughs> That movie's so ridiculous.
1: I haven't seen that in a long time.
0: Can't talk, uh,
1: gotta run. The guy, Daryl. Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Anyways, uh, in Arizona. So, this movie. Um, Man, what a cast, though, for this film. And the Coen brothers, they just talent just hovers around them. These guys are so good at getting the best cast, but Nicholas Cage, Holly Hunter, Trey Wilson, John Goodman, William Forsyth, Sam McMurray, Francis McDormand, Randall Cobb. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And that's about it. There's little cameos here and there from some repeat offenders, but I did not know Francis McDormand was in this. And every moment she was on the screen for her small amount of time was yeah, awesome. She's a gem. I, love her she is one of my favorite actresses of all time and she is just so good (laughs) but uh yeah they have you know and they use a lot of the same people in, in their films um like Francis is obviously in a ton of them John Goodman is pretty much in every uh Coen Brothers film known to man but um yeah so good cast top to bottom um but in 87 do you have any reviews for this kind of movie um
0: there there are some on the the old rotten to mates um, Pauline Kale from the New Yorker says, Raising Arizona is no big deal, but it has a rambunctious charm, and I think charm is a really good word for it." Um, this movie, in particular, um, especially with like the Coen Brothers, a lot of their films have um, characters. You know, they're, they're notorious for having like exaggerated characters in their films. Uh, personally, I, I like it. Um, you know, I always get a kick out of the silliness from it. And what's interesting about these characters, though. Is that um, they have a, a gross lack of sophistication, which adds to their charm. You know, I don't, I don't find it annoying. I, I, think that it's almost comforting that they're trying so hard to be good to each other and to just have like a normal, We'll put in quotes a normal 1987 nuclear family, and mm-hmm. and that just blows me away. <laughs> like they're literally the dumbest people in the world, but you don't care. You you love them. I think that's so funny, and charm is a good word for it.
1: Hmm, I agree. I think the Coens are so good at developing characters, um, not not just these these people that are in the film that just kind of are placeholders. They all have this unique thing to them. Yeah, and uh, and and I like like in No Country for Old Men. I mean, each character in that film is pretty goddamn unique from the the guy who gets pulled over on the side of the road with the cow prod shot in his head to the amazing tent filled scene with um, Anton and the gas station attendant where he's called in the air friendo. each character is so cool and has their moment. And I think that the Coen brothers are, are fantastic at that character development. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, Mr. Jeff Andrew says uh, oh, he's from Time Out. Starting from a... Time out! Time out. <laughs> Gonna need 30 seconds to restart this motherfucker. Um, starting from a point of delirious excess, the film leaps into dark and virtually uncharted territory to soar like a comet. Wow, this guy likes his words. Comets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the comet's are still head of art. Which you haven't seen that movie, by the way. Uh, Deep, what, Deep, Impact? Is that Deep, Deep Impact? Deep Impact, yeah. Ah. I wouldn't be
1: opposed to doing that Armageddon
0: Deep Impact. Um, yeah, that's, that's like five hours of episode. movies, though. They're long. Yeah. They're both really, really long. I'm okay with that, but that's going to make well, we, a long show. Well,
1: yeah, we'll discuss it. I mean, we wouldn't make it longer. Th- we can fi- figure it out in an hour. I don't want to make high. it longer than that. No, we'll do five it, hours. It's, it's going to be 45 minutes of me singing, I could stay oh. awake in your sweet. That's all I can I actually placed
0: song. a bet that you would sing on the podcast. Oh, you shit. Sing all did of every I? Every episode. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like
1: I lost five dollars to myself. I just the a buck
0: to myself. <laughs> to myself. Oh jeez!
1: I know I like singing. Sorry, Mister um, Mr. Oh,
0: Mr. Mister Vincent voice. Canby of the New York Times says, "Like Blood Simple," which was Coen Brothers' uh, earlier film. Uh, it's full of technical expertise, but has no life of its own. I couldn't disagree with him more. I think that the characters bring this movie to life, and while. The camera angles are super crazy and out of the out of this world. I do think that it's a pretty delicate balance between a character-driven story and the technical aspects of it. I think this man's. Prepared. I agree. I, I agree with you on that. No, nah, sorry, sorry. All right, um, that's that's pretty much it for the reviews. Cool. Um, do you have box office numbers? I, I didn't do. find that. They okay. um, had a budget of six million dollars. Uh, domestic, this bad boy brought in twenty two point eight million, and it grossed twenty nine point one million dollars. Woo woo! Not too shabby. That's a
1: lot of money. Yeah, yeah it's not bad. Um, the only trivia that I really have, which are actually kind of interesting, uh, the lullaby that Ed sings to Nathan Jr. is the song Down in the Willow Garden, a folk song about a man sentenced to death after brutally murdering his fiance. Yeah,
0: that's pretty dark words when you listen to it.
1: (laughs) Pretty dark. Yeah, right? Um, this is, and then this is one of the few Coen Brothers movies to not be edited by the brothers themselves. So they always... Uh, edit under a pseudonym of Roderick James, and actually, Roderick James got nominated for an Oscar, I believe, for No Country for Old Men. Um, but uh, along with it, this one, was edited by Trisha Cook uh, and Mike Michael R. Miller, though. So maybe they didn't start getting into it until the '90s. But um, yeah, fun fun little fact for you.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. Cool. All right. Let's jump right into a summary. A repeat con man, H.I., meets the love of his life, a police officer, Edwina, in an Arizona state prison. The two wed and soon after find out that Edwina cannot bear children. Distraught, the couple hear about the overabundance of fortune from the Arizona family who recently had quintuplets. The couple decide to steal a child, Nathan Jr., and try to raise him as their own. High has a run in with former inmates who catch on to their to catch on to their scheme and try to take Junior for ransom. Meanwhile, High is constantly hunted by bounty hunter Leonard Smalls. High has a confrontation with Smalls and ends up defeating him in an explosive way like that double entendre. Uh, um she had lost place. Ed and High then take Junior back to his house, only to be stopped by Mr. Arizona. The couple explain their predicament and pending divorce. So Mr. Arizona decides to show mercy. He tells them that even though Ed can't get pregnant, to sleep on it, and that it's never too late to keep trying. End of movie. Credits. Yeah. Um. All right. So I don't know if I liked this movie that much. And I love the Cohen brothers. So there I said it. Now throw your tomatoes at me. I don't have. Yeah. Okay. They're not on sale right now. So um, what did you think of this movie?
0: I like it. I think it's funny. Uh, I'm really into it. I like the way they talk. Uh, they have a very <laughs> uh, interesting way of, of speaking. And uh, like I said before, when I found it charming, um, I don't know. This movie just resonates with me. Maybe because I grew up in the desert and this movie took place in the desert and um nicholas cage did a lot of comedy back then um he's just a funny dude and um i love the way he looked like his hair was always disheveled um he had that like scar on his face or whatever it was yeah you know i had heard somewhere that he looks at his watch the whole time because he's always in prison so time has a a very impactful meaning to him but i forgot to pay Mm -hmm. attention they say once you notice you can't stop seeing him look at his watch but I, hmm. but I totally forgot about that until just this very second. And so now I have to watch it again. <laughs> uh, Interesting. But and I like Holly Hunter, too. Um, she's, she's she's great. A, a she's so good in this movie. So uh, for me, there's kind of a lot going for it. I, I really like all the characters. And so um, I kind of find uh, character driven pieces to be um, a little bit more fun. I don't necessarily need an amazing story. I just need funny characters for me to get my rocks off who a little fun fact to
1: create the characters dialect. The Coen brothers created a hybrid of local dialect and the assumed reading materials of the characters, namely magazines and the Bible.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) So that's how they created it. And those, those guys are, are very, very smart. So I, I agree with you. Um, but yeah, I just I, I couldn't get into this one as much as you did. I agree with you, what you're saying, though, with the with the character driven piece. And that's what kind of keeps it in. Um, I didn't grow up around the desert, so it's it wasn't relevant to me. Um, and honestly, if you if I didn't know the name of this movie, I thought they were I would have thought they were in Texas or something just with how over the top and um, how much of a farce that some of the the other side characters were. It seemed like they were in Texas. Um, but I again, I, I just I didn't know. So um, let's talk about Nicolas Cage though. What happened to him? When did he fall off? Because I think he's genuinely very good in this film. I think he, he acts his ass off and he does a, a good part in it. Um, what happened to him? I don't remember the last good movie he did. What? Gone in 60 seconds. Oh, shit. I don't remember was the real. Was
0: way long ago. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't remember the last good movie he did. And a lot of it is is backlash from the media and the fans saying that he's a nut job, that he's you know
0: he's he's crazy for lack of a better term. Yeah.
1: What happened? I, mean, I don't know. Maybe
0: I, he just I, got he got really famous. You know, there was one point where where he was in like seven or eight movies in one year, kind of thing. Like he was just everywhere. And uh, I don't know. Maybe people got sick of him. And he got and he got bankrupt. He, Remember, he he's he was spending like stupid money and he owed like eight million dollars, and then. Like Johnny Depp like bought him out of his debt and everything. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, he's got really weird rules when he's on set. Like you can't look at him in the eye. <laughs> I don't know. He's he's really strange. <laughs> weird. Yeah. So he just went a little crazy. <laughs> um I, I think like the whole really one, like post nine eleven is is all when it went a little crazy. Um I liked adaptation. I, I remember having to watch that in, in film school. Uh so did I. I liked that one too a lot. Charlie Kaufman. Yeah. But just looking um, at national treasure, yeah, a lot of people thing. like national treasure. I think those movies are a little absurd, but that's okay. It is what it is. It's like it's all circumstantial. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, wow, I, f- I found this pen. Pen rhymes with glenn I know a guy in Glen who lives in DC. We got to get to DC. And it's like, dude, come on, <laughs> better than that.
1: I found this pen. The Declaration was signed
0: with a pen. This is a clue. <laughs> <laughs> so just, I don't know. Kick ass, he was really good in kick ass. That was in two thousand ten. Uh, but yeah. that was more of a supporting role. Exactly. Um, but everything else is, is pretty terrible. Um like I didn't I didn't really care for the sorcerer's apprentice. I know that tried to be something pretty cool. And looking at all these movies, he's got a lot of movies, man. He he's still working Season of the Witch. <laughs> yeah, that was terrible too. Um The USS Indianapolis. Uh, so that movie, you know, it's 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 basically showing what happened to all the sailors that were on that battleship that that was uh, torpedoed. And then basically um, uh, in Jaws, when, when the captain is talking about, Hey, when Quint is like telling the story about how, whatever, 1100 men went into the water and then like hundred came out kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't, obviously those aren't the numbers, but it's pretty bad. They all got eaten by sharks and the movie uh, USS Indianapolis Men of Courage, starred Nicolas Cage, and it just was not good. It was terrible. Um, at one point, I thought that he was going to grab like Tom Sizemore's like severed leg and use it as an oar to row their boat. <laughs> like, like it's so bad. And the thing is, like I, I, can't even, I can't even talk about it to where I'm making fun of it because this event happened to people and it's terrible. Uh, you know these these so many. Um US sailors lost their lives in this event and this movie tried really hard to capture that and it just mm-hmm. failed miserably. It's so oh, bad. That's really that's too bad. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that and that was the last Nicholas Cage movie I watched. And um it was When did that come out? Uh know, 2015, 2016
1: I'm, or so. I'm looking right, I'm trying to look right now and see if I can find it.
0: Um, yeah. It oh, it's uh, 2016. Yeah. yeah, you're right. He was Captain McVeigh. Yeah, and he actually got a lot of shit too. Like uh, he, that captain for they said that he failed at his job and that they could have, they could have made it. Um, but the submarine captain uh, for the the Japanese uh, said, nah, it was we were going to bring that ship down no matter who was the captain." So. Mm-hmm. So. so- this is uh, this might be a
1: reason why, but it was directed by Mario Van Peebles. Do you know who Mario Van Peebles is? MVP. He was
0: in the movie Gunman with uh, Christopher Lambert and Solo. yeah, when I saw both of those Solo. in the theater. Holy shit! MVP.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so now he's directing, apparently. But yikes! Mario Van Peebles, I forgot uh, about him. Yeah, uh, I think the last good movie he well he's ha- he has a resurgence. So I guess Mandy is supposed to be really good, and it's on my list. It's been on my list for years, but I feel like i just haven't well i guess i came out last year but i wanted to watch it recently and i was a little too terrified to watch it for some reason but yeah he um i, I think he's genuinely good in this and i think that maybe given the right directors who can kind of keep him like hey nicholas you know like look well over it's here. interesting
0: you say that because this movie is so crazy that i have to believe that nicholas cage was was, was like are you sure about this guy?
1: <laughs> like, this is a weird <laughs> movie.
0: And there there was uh, some stories that came out about um, him just not trusting them. Like, this is the, the strangest fucking movie I've ever been in. And I, I kind of understand what you're trying to do here, but I don't at the same time. And I'm just going to take your word for it. I'm going to give it my all, and we'll see how it turns out. And, and I can believe that to be 100% true because – On paper and as you're acting it out and doing it this looks like the silliest movie ever made especially Mm -hmm. in 1987 you would have been like um Mm -hmm. what is happening right now (laughs) so he's still a baby (laughs) Uh, i don't know and it's a comedy and and he's just so terrible at being a bad guy it's so funny
1: (laughs) yeah uh maybe it just it fit yeah his, his style so uh, whatever. More power sure. to him, I guess. Um. So one thing I did notice, though, too, is he's um he's a prisoner in this movie, and I think that he's been a prisoner in like four or five movies. But Face Off, Con Air, Gone in sixty seconds, this. <laughs> um. He's what? Why is he always a prisoner? What? He's, <laughs> what? he's a character. Is he? Is it just because of his his prisoner charm, or like, what, what does he look like? He's going to commit a crime, or there, something? There
0: was this one video. But, it was like ten, like ten things you didn't know about Con Air, and and I forget what language it was, but they had to change the title <laughs> Excuse me, they had to change the title because uh, <laughs> Con is like idiot, <laughs> and, then, and then with Air, it was like flying idiots. <laughs> 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 so they literally had to change the title. I think it might have even been French. I, I forget though. But <laughs> so flying idiots air. That movie is so, so probably... dumb. Holy shit! I like that it's movie so bad. I like it. No, that's
1: I. I don't know. it's That's one of the movies that I'll answer oh. if it's ever on TV. And I'm flipping through channels. I'll always watch Con Air. I don't know why. I just oh my really god, like that mullet
0: lot. that he has. My nephew was actually born on July 14th, which is kind of funny. (laughs) Daddy, it's coming (laughs) home on July 14th. I can see my daddy for the first time on July 14th. (laughs) Yeah, so I will never forget his birthday because of that. July 14th.
1: (laughs) Um, he, he's such a scumbag in this movie too. Like, the did you, I mean, just the little things he does, like, uh, he, he has the decency to at least get pantyhose to put over his head when he's robbing the Huggies. And then when he is, uh, hanging out right by the newspaper stand towards the beginning and the guy grabs the newspaper and as soon as he walks away, he just puts his hand in it and, and pulls it. It's like that little tiny shit that only con men do. Right. I mean, you know, it's, it's so funny, but, um, Yeah. Good stuff. Oops. Good, good stuff. Yeah. Good, good, good stuff. Um, okay. Yeah. This is a question I wanted to pose. So do you think that ethics can exist when you have committed a crime like this? So by kidnapping this child, do you think there is any type of ethical, um, I don't even know what, it, decency in it? Um, you know, is, are are they okay? Or is there like justification
0: for them doing it? Or is it just flat out? This is well. Wrong? I think that they know it's wrong. Even at the very beginning, mm-hmm. you know, Holly Hunter, when he comes out without a baby, you know, he, he determines that this is not the right thing to do. He comes out to the car and she's like, don't come back until you have a baby. <laughs> so then you know, he goes <laughs> back inside. He takes the baby. He convinces himself that that this is the right thing to do. And, and they, you know, when you do something wrong, you find a way to justify it. In their case, it's sure. it's they have, they had five kids. That's too many for them to handle. We'll take this one. We will love this baby. We will bring it up right we will do right by them by by having this baby and taking care of it, and so immediately she's she's already second guessing herself when they when they have the baby in the car, and then it's then it's Nicholas Cage that's convincing her like no it's the right thing to do and and they immediately fall in love with this child. She's like oh my god I love him so much and what they did was obviously wrong, but even they have some sort of uh, we'll call it criminal code to to do the right thing and you know they would never hurt this child they would do everything they can to to protect this kid which they do and then ultimately they grow as characters and they determine that they need to take the baby back so i mean they were they were always good people they were just under a lot of duress
1: Right. So maybe they weren't thinking clearly, like she wasn't thinking clearly, and she wanted to justify this because she really wanted a child. Right. um i think I think that uh, there are. And I mean, this is just my opinion, but I think there are people out there that maybe don't necessarily deserve children as, as easily as some others do. Um, I've seen, and I have friends who, you know, desperately want to be mothers, but for some reason they just, they can't um, biologically or some sort of situation. Uh, But then you see people who at the drop of a hat, I mean, they can have kids and it's not, it's not my place to ever tell someone that they should or shouldn't have children. But I do feel like that that could be a case. And I think that it, it, it very much is so. And in this situation, you see this where, um, Edwina seems like a, a good person. Like she really does. And that's what she wants. And it seems that high is trying to fly straight and wants to be with his, his beloved. And she unfortunately cannot bear children or so at first, I think, but, um, like, do you think there are people out there that maybe don't deserve children?
0: I know that's a controversial change. I I think in the movie Parenthood, Keanu Reeves character says something pretty profound that, um, that, you know, you have to take a test to be able to drive a car, but anybody can be a father. And that just goes to show how twisted things can be sometimes where you could be the worst person in the world and have, and bring a baby into this world. And then maybe you're just not a good test taker or you don't know how to drive a car. (laughs) You know what I mean? But it's very, that's profound to me. Like you have to take a test to drive a car, but any idiot can have kids. Yeah. That's really weird, isn't it?
1: And, and like, think of how many kids go up for adoption. It's it's literally the ultimate responsibility is taking care of
0: another human being
1: from from start to finish. That's, that's hard. Yeah. And, And and she wanted to, she was willing, like she was so willing that she even went to the point of being like, we need to take one of these babies so I can have one as my own. Um, which is, it's, it's really heartbreaking if you think about it, because she, like he said, she lost all hope. Basically she quit her job, which she actually liked. And it just was so weird. Um, but desperation drove her to that, and it's it's actually really heartbreaking when you when you think about it. And I think Holly Hunter, again to her credit, did such a good job of portraying this because of just how she acted, um, how morose she was at first, but then she got super happy, you know, as soon as they had Junior. Um, it was yeah, it was it was it was really interesting, and I think they posed a, a kind of cool question with that, or at least that's how sure. I read it.
0: I think there was a whole bit at the beginning of yeah. how it's such a beautiful world, and it would be a shame not to have you know, a kid right now. So every day that they're not here is another day that they're missing out on this, on this world. And that was really sad. She definitely wanted to have right. kids.
1: I know. I, um, I really did like that chase scene though. Uh, after he robs the store, she's like, screw you. Yeah, basically, he drives off. He's just sprinting <laughs> yeah. down the street. Yeah.
0: And the music, <laughs> you got the police shooting at everybody. Whatever. You got the He's... attendant shooting at everybody. The dogs chasing. That was yeah, ridiculous. It was like th- that, that
1: cop is just shooting in <laughs> everywhere. Like they're in a grocery store and he's shooting. I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> the dogs are chasing that. I think it worked. That was my favorite part of the movie just because there was so much going on and there was a lot of cool camera work with it. But the fact that he's still holding onto the Huggies the entire time until they get shot out of his arm, like just, it was, it was so funny because that MacGuffin was the thing, you know, that was the driving force of, of what was going on in that entire Five ten minute scene. And, um, I loved it. I loved it so much. I thought that oh, that was uh, quintessential yeah, Coen brothers. Right. Absolutely. There. So what'd you think of, um, uh, I want to call him Ace Ventura just because he's, he plays the shithead in Ace Ventura at the beginning. Uh, he's the bounty hunter. I said his name earlier. Um, uh, b- bounty hunter Leonard Smalls.
0: What did you think of uh, him? Well, when I was a kid, I didn't quite understand. I mean, I still understand it to this day. Uh it is kind of weird. You know, he's just blowing up animals and he's got this this bike and the little booties. <laughs> like I don't understand what his deal is. <laughs> I don't understand that either. <laughs> I, I don't I don't quite get it, but I remember just sort of he's just this this unstoppable force. He's like the terminator in this movie. But uh I didn't I didn't quite get it. I,
1: I think one reading, and this is again, I'm just spitballing here. I think one reading could be that he is basically
0: the the sins of of Hi's past right. catch up to sense. him. Because he's dreaming about um, him, he's having a vision of him. Like he can't escape yep. his past. He's he's been a bad guy his entire life, and it's going to catch up with him, no matter how hard he tries. And it almost.
1: And it almost seems ridiculous with how he can get his motorcycle into these (laughs) crevasses and these different little areas. Like, it's like, what the hell is going on right here? But so that's why I think it's, it's, it's good because he has to battle his demons essentially to know that he is actually a good man. Uh, Because I I think the whole thing is he doesn't think he's a good man and he, he goes ahead and he kind of accepts that as his destiny. He's ready to leave Edwina because he's like, I'm never going to change and and whatnot, but. I think yeah, and even, even when
0: he pulls the pin from the grenade, um, he even apologized to the guy. He's like, "I'm sorry." Like he's he, he is he is a decent <laughs> man. He's an idiot and a fuck up. But at the end of the day, he's he's a he's a good man. Yeah. Every time he robbed yeah, the places, yeah. he never <laughs> had bullets in his gun. He always said, "I never want to hurt anybody." So he just was looking for shortcuts his entire life, and it just ain't no such thing as a shortcut. No.
1: Unless you are John Goodman and William Forsythe, <laughs> yeah, William um, has had a what, very
0: interesting career. He's always just in things, but no one ever really recognizes him. And and um, John Goodman, he's someone who has always been able to be in both movies and television, and it not be a bad hmm. thing. There was a time when it when you were just an asshole if you were a TV star and not a movie star, and he has always been able to do both because he's just that cool of a guy. Now it's not now. Now that that he's doesn't exist so much anymore, but John Cage has been around my entire life, and I think that that's so cool that he's been able to be a television star and a movie star at any given time. Yeah, and he's uh,
1: he's just so good in everything he does, and and his characters <laughs> in all of these films are so memorable. Calmer, you. Um, but I, I like Calmer, uh, <laughs> I'm staying. I'm, I'm having my coffee. My coffee. <laughs> that's so great um so what what my i was i was kind of curious on on your thoughts on this so um john goodman constantly calls him hi while williams forsyth and the majority of people just call him hi do you think there's
0: anything behind that um you know I, i don't know maybe maybe he's just calling him for who he really is i don't know yeah
1: well, because there's a lot of emphasis on it, though, too. So um, like in a conversation, I wouldn't be like, Justin, you know, what do you think about that, Justin? And and what it, can you give me a, that in a bigger explanation, Justin? Like, I wouldn't say your name repeatedly, but they they emphasize how they each say it. it. It's very interesting. And I noticed that. So I'm wondering if it's like maybe John Goodman kind of since he's like the older brother, maybe he sees through high's bullshit or something and I feel like a, a nickname is a little more familiar. And he wants to be, even though they're like buddies, he's trying to maybe establish dominance. I don't know. I'm just kind of yeah. spitballing again here. Right, that's fair. Um, it, it's it's ve- yeah, it's it's very weird. And I feel like that is intentional because the Coens do things with intent. And yeah, there's there's never um, any wasted dialogue know,
0: or scenes. That's for sure.
1: Exactly. Well, and like when Francis, Francis McDormand, her and um, that her douche of husband, I forgot his name, Might have been Glenn. but uh, Glenn, yeah, when they uh, when they show up, I mean, she's just so good and she just steals the screen. I, I adored every scene that her and Holly Hunter were in for like the 10 minutes that they were in it just because Francis is just such a treasure. Um, but uh, yeah, like they they get their moments in in this film. And I think that that's that's so funny. Yeah. Um, Fucking Glenn. Yeah, I'm talking about th- uh, what, what swingers <laughs> we swing, man. <laughs> and my wife, she uh, and, and Dot, she she finds you attractive. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, dude,
0: you gotta get them dip test yeah. boosters. Um, Yulia, they're going to develop lockjaw night vision. <laughs> so oh, good. yeah, you don't have a get one like now, instantly, <laughs>
1: <You're> like now. <laughs> um, do you think that? Along the lines of the prison thing, do you think that the Cohens are saying saying anything about prison, um, it, and and do they think it's something like a farce? Or um, I think so.
0: Are they so trying to treat it serious? There w- was a time in the criminal justice world, <laughs> dun dun, um, that uh, rehabilitation <laughs> was a thing. The idea of someone going to prison and learning from their mistakes, and ultimately. Being rehabilitated to where they will be, um, you know, no longer be a detriment to society and can give back. Right at some point, that changes, and now it's just time served. Get the fuck out of here. We got to make room for somebody else. Um, and I don't know if the '80s is when that was determined that people aren't going to be rehabilitated. They they are who they are, and that's just all there is to it. And I think that. You know, we eventually we got like the three strike rule, right? Uh, Because people just were repeat offenders. It's not working. This is a failed system. It's it's garbage. And I think that high is very much an example of it being a failed system. Yeah, he can go in front of a parole board all day and say, "Yeah, I learned from my mistakes. It won't happen again." And then two seconds later, the very first thing he does is go and robs again. But you know what I mean? There was this time when <laughs> what, when you were supposed to be yeah. rehabilitated, learn from your mistakes and not do it again. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think out of his, um, you know, out of his, his quote unquote necessity, he, he, he did what he pretty much only knew. So you're right. He wasn't learning anything. Um, and with each time it got easier for him to go into prison. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's really weird. I just, I see prison a lot in their films. Um, you know, you have no Country for old obviously he like escapes from that like, brutal prison scene where he kills the deputy. Um, the Baller Buster Scruggs deals with prisoners sort of, um, Oh brother, where art thou is just like that too. And so they, you know, it's one of their trademarks just to use prison in, in certain senses. And I'm just curious on, on like what it has to do with anything, if anything, um, but I, I think that they because they talk about recidivism and uh, you're right. I think that they maybe this was on the cusp of prisons just losing that grasp of like, hey, you need to go to prison and
0: not yeah. come back, basically. <laughs> but it's revolving. It's revolving. And, you know, even Everyone in Fargo, um, obviously, that, that is somewhat of a true story. Um, the folks that are involved met each other in prison. Basically, they're all they're all repeat offenders. Right.
1: Yeah. So he's, you know, he's saying this, this life is like this. And I mean, and they even go as far as commenting on the recidivism with the entire plot. I mean, so Hi and Ed meet at prison. She's the police officer photographing him. And he is persistent enough to while she's fingerprinting him, he puts a ring on her finger. I mean, like, it's it's ridiculous. It's that's banking on the fact that yeah he's going to get out and stuff. And then you have your you know your prison breakout scene. And then all that they decide to do is like shit. I don't think we we're ready to leave prison yet. So they go back. Um, yeah, I think it's it's weird. Maybe this movie is about uh, change. Maybe it's about what we can do as people, and we're not limited to exactly what what do you, do experts you? tell us or do you what think society is told us. Absolutely, yeah, hundred um, percent. I think that. The only time people can't is when they get so stuck in their own ways that they refuse to change. And then they end up creating these um, bullshit reasons and these speed blocks or these roadblocks in front of them that are all hypothetical. And they're always worried about the future and stuff. You, you They need to focus on what they can control and what's out of their control. And I do think that people can totally change um, without losing the core of who they are, if that makes any
0: sense. I don't know, man. I don't don't think so. I think people are who they are and you just accept it. Um, I have family that has uh, definitely has some demons that they're dealing with and they are who they are. I mean, I can't, I can't trust them, but I can trust them to be them. And when, especially Mm -hmm. like addicts, like it's just, it's weird. Like uh, you can certainly try, but you will be battling that forever. And the second you just, Put that battle on hold you're gonna lose and so you go right back to who you are and i don't know i i have yet to see a circumstance where someone has changed and they stayed that way i guess it kind
1: of just depends on on how drastic of a change it is so like for me I know that I've personally changed a ton in the past decade, and shit. I mean, I'd even say the past five years. Just in my outlook of life and how I present myself. Um, I mean, there's things that I constantly am like, I need to stop doing that, or I need to maybe adjust this when I'm talking with people or something. Um, and uh, you know, some people might not like it or whatever. But but I know that it's it's positive if I if I learn from my mistakes and and am willing to make sure i mean i think think we all grow and we all
0: develop but i think at Mm. our core we are who we are man (laughs) it's really weird like i mean i know uh that i have changed as uh, as an adult you know from when i was a kid of course you know we all grow and we all change but there are still some things to this day that is just who i am and that will never change no matter how hard i try Yeah,
1: I I, I don't know. I I think that people can change. That's just how I feel. And maybe maybe along the lines of of what you're saying, though, um, maybe high isn't going to really change the core of who he is, but he can adjust it and maybe do things in a in a different constructive way. Um, Maybe he can still kind of be a scumbag at times, but maybe it's for I don't know. Burying the poop instead of throwing right. it away. You're <laughs> <know when they laughs> young to in the
0: car uh, when they're trying to get away. He's like, "Oh, turn yeah. right, right here, baby." And you <laughs> know, <Yeah, yeah, laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He always just kind of finds his way. It's so weird. I love that about him. He had, he wants to be a good husband too. and a good father, and I and I really really like that.
1: Yeah, I really, I, I did too. I think that um that's why I was really. Uh, appreciative of this Nicolas Cage performance it wasn't anything that was super campy I mean it really kind of fit the way that Nicolas Cage was in the 80s and maybe the early 90s but um yeah that's uh that's interesting so um I don't know I mean that's all I really have to say about it unless you have anything else you want to talk about or any other scenes um I can't really think of too much that was I like the the bank robbery scene when they go into the bank and he's (laughs) You want us a freezer, get down? And then he's like, "On oh, I've on the ground. And then the tellers are on the ground too. <laughs> he goes, get, he's like, Gail, I don't know if we're supposed to do that. He's like, don't use my name. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, I hope y'all heard that. That was the code name. <laughs> uh, I, I thought that that was cool. And their, their comedic timing is, is, is really well done. Um, I can see that if people wouldn't really find it funny. Um, I enjoyed it and I was laughing. I just didn't, I didn't think that this was even a top 10 for me for Coen brothers films, which is a bummer because I really do like their work. But um, if you had to give
0: it a letter grade, what do you think you would give this movie? Oh, I would totally give it a B and and I like how this sort of sets the tone, I think for at least a lot of their, their movies going forward. So I think that this was a, a building block on the foundation of the Coen brothers that we know today. You know, they're risk takers. They have a risk reward system and it almost always pays off. And you, know, you can't you can't bet against these guys because they will always win. Yeah.
1: So we got Miller's Crossing after raising Arizona. You got Barton Fink. And I think Barton Fink was one of their first that they started working with John Turturro. You want me to take a dive? Yeah. <laughs> And then Hudsucker Proxy, um, Fargo in 96. So obviously, this is when they have their incredible run to Big Lebowski. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Um, Down from the Mountains, a documentary. I don't know what that was. The Man Who Wasn't There. Um, and then it kind of, eh, Intolerable Cruelty. Oh, I love that movie. I never saw it. Is it with Zeta Jones? And, yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> and George Clooney? Yeah.
1: I never saw that one. Oh,
0: my God. It's so funny.
1: Apparently, they produced Bad Santa. Um they produce well, and the Lady Killers, obviously.
0: In, in fact, there's even uh, there's a line in it. Billy Bob Thornton. He's marrying Catherine Sarah Jones. He's like, "I love you, I love you like a song, bitch." <laughs> I say that to Alex all the time. She has no idea what it's from. I just go, "I love you like a song, bitch." <laughs>
1: yeah, I uh, I've never seen it actually. Hence why oh, I was like, fun. "What the hell is it?" So, yeah. um, what would you say if I was holding a gun that had a punching bag at the end of it to your head. Um, and I was about to punch you in the face. Uh, what would your all time favorite Coen brothers movie be? Fargo. And then big Lebowski. So it's so hard for me because. And then no country for old men. So I really want to say no country is my number one, but it has to be Fargo. Fargo is too damn perfect of a film. And then, yeah, it's like, I think, I think it goes no country for me for number two. And then Lebowski. Um, I really like Lebowski, but I caught on to it in later life. And I think I actually saw, um, I saw no country before I saw uh, big Lebowski. And I was just like, Holy shit. What did I see? This is amazing. So yeah, I don't know. But Fargo is Fargo is fantastic. So I, I don't think it, it gets much better than that. Honestly. No way,
0: man. I saw, um, I, I agree. Um, I saw big Lebowski on my last day of school. I just graduated from high school, came out in March, I uh, came out March eighth, and I graduated early, so I go take care of my grandmother, and who was like having surgery. Mm-hmm. And uh, that Friday, I saw U.S. Marshals and then the Big Lebowski. I saw a double feature. <laughs> U.S. Marshals, man, that one's good
1: with uh, Mister Snipes and and Robert Denny Jr. and Tommy Tom Lee Jones. Lee. Yep, and TLJ, as I like to call him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen anything like this before. I have.
1: I thought about doing The Fugitive for one of these podcasts, but I don't think that's fair because um, I think it would be just, we'd both praise it. Um, Although I haven't seen it since I was a kid. So I, I don't know if it's good or not. Um, One movie I was. The Fugitive? Yeah. That's a good one. I know you quote it all the time. Um, Yeah.
0: Which leaves 12 square miles of radius or whatever. Oh good, yeah. Oh, shit. All right, listen up, ladies and gentlemen. Our future has been on the run for 90 minutes. Average foot feet over uneven ground, barring injuries, is four miles an hour. That gives us a radius of six miles. What I want from each and every one of you is a hard target search of every gas station, residence, warehouse, farmhouse, henhouse, house, outhouse, and doghouse in that area. Checkpoints go up to 15 miles. Your future is safe. Oh is Dr. Richard Kimball. Go get him.
1: Go get him. Um so for, for Raising Arizona, I think I'm gonna give it a C. Um, I think it's it's should be a D, but it's it's still a passing it's <laughs> it's still a <laughs> passing grade for me. So you know I rented this on um Apple TV and uh I have the app for my Roku um I could have watched it on my MacBook, but of course, I'm just going to watch it on my TV. And man, they need to figure out their video service. I know they just launched Apple TV Plus, but um, and they reformatted their UI, but it cut out on me three times and said like video could not load. But I'd be the quality would be perfectly fine, and my internet is like 300 megs down, so it, nothing was going on. It just was their their shit was weird. So I don't know if I'm going to rent movies from there anymore. It might just be Google. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to tell these sexual people out there?
0: No, just, um, to tune into your pod snacks. I think those are great. Did you listen to them? I listened to the lighthouse one, but I haven't listened to, um,
1: the other one. Parasite Parasite was fantastic. This Oscar season is going to be stacked. I just, uh, it's going to be very hard to, to pick a best best winner or best actor category so um yeah but anyways uh thanks for that um oh we need to give a shout out to rob too rob's been like on point with uh giving us a bunch of shout outs and commenting and bringing up some real good points from some of our previous podcasts um it's always fun chatting with him and uh i like getting his insight on things him and his his damn canadian insights so (laughs) he's a good dude it's pretty good it's pretty good you should go follow him he's pretty good (laughs) at Digifluid at Digifluid thank you for listening to the Don't Be Crazy podcast remember to follow us on Twitter at dbcrazypod at edgyarmo and at zachdale 60 where you can share your thoughts with us and we'll discuss them on our show heck you can even tell us what movie you think we should do for our next episode but a reminder just just remember to please don't be crazy (laughs) So, guys, (laughs) thanks for (laughs) listening. Bye. Dick.